Hi, this is Lita Curry for Talent Talks. And today I'm in conversation with Melanie Green. Melanie Green has a company called Great Expectations, and she's the CEO of this company. As she says, CEO in this situation stands for Chief Expectations Officer. Um, and she really supports professional women through the maternity transition. Mel, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Lita. I'm excited to be chatting with you. Why is it necessary to coach women through this maternity transition? What is the business case behind this? Right. Um, Lita, I think, you know, the, the, um, there's significant research um, around, you know, why do we have uh, sort of fewer women at the um, top end of organizations? And in that research, trying to understand where they go when you consider that um, there's a, a larger percentage of, of employees are, are female um, at the sort of the, the, the lower to, to mid end of, of the organization. Um, they've clearly sort of indicated that the biggest pinch point in a female career is the maternity phase. So usually the decision to start a family is um, at a high point in a, in a, a, a person's career, um, talking about a, somebody who's really on the career track. And, um, and often the, the shift in, in perception and perspective that happens during that phase, women can often return to work, seeing things very differently, um, different priorities, which can often lead to somebody exiting uh, perhaps, you know, not necessarily going home to be a stay-at-home mom, but actually taking all her intellectual property and going off somewhere else um, for whatever reason. We'll probably come, cover some of those in our conversation as we go. So the real business case for maternity coaching, which has had traction in the UK for a good 20 years, and we introduced it here um, towards the end of 2012-2013, uh, is the retention of, of female talent. Not to say that you're coaching somebody um, to try and force them to stay when they don't, mm -hmm. but we do know that the coaching helps um, the women themselves to really um, grapple with everything that is going on from a career perspective intellectually um, to figure out what it is she wants and how to help her stay on track of her career, which we know almost 80% of females actually prefer to do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's trying to help them make, make that work for them. The, the, what we found more recently as well is that um, it's, we're coaching not to fix the women because the women actually don't need fixing. Um, we are coaching the women to fix the system. And we find that women going back into, into the system um, through the coaching helps them to you know, almost create this groundswell um, that creates a shift in thinking, in culture, um, and in some of the ways in which uh, the policies and things that the organizations have um, can change as a result. Hmm. That's very interesting. So I'm hearing you say it's the business case is around retention, making sure that we don't lose these, these um, potential people, um, and also that the system supporting them through this very important phase needs to change. Yeah, if, you know, if we want to make um, organizations more parent-friendly, so it doesn't just apply to, to women, it's now applying to the dads as well. Um, if we want to make organizations parent-friendly, we're going to have to do something to ensure that environments um, are conducive 
to making them want to stay and stay engaged and um, staying on the career track. Mm. How would you describe a an organization where they are supportive of of parents, new parents, both male and female? What would an organization like that look like and what would they need to do? Well, I think, you know, I think there's a number of, of different things because obviously you've got your know, parents at different ages and stages. If we just think in terms of the the parental transition, I do think that, that organizations need to revisit their um, their parental leave policies. Um, definitely for women, we know that anything less than four months um, is going to make the transition back really, really hard. Um, and we're finding for, you know, your women in leadership, um, women in the professions, that if there was some form of kind of ease in um, where they can come back in perhaps on a half day basis for a month as they're kind of trying to figure out the new normal before they really have to ramp up um, into a, to a higher pace. Mm-hmm. But that, that is worth looking at. Um, definitely um, more leave for the dads um, because dads are going home to support working mums, um, and until we start getting couples um, sharing, doing some sharenting um, and sharing the load, we're going to continue having this battle. Um, that's on the one hand another really important factor that's going to support um, a returning parent is the ability to operate flexibly or in an agile manner, mm-hmm. whatever that might look like for them based on their role. Um, that that's uh, that would be another really important um, criteria. You've been doing this type of coaching for a number of years now, and I'm interested to know how the conversations in organisations have been changing over the last couple of years around maternity, around specifically female executives taking maternity, making the decision to become mothers, and how they they come back into the organisation. How have those conversations changed based on what you've experienced? Right, um, Lita, it's been really, um, I have to say it's been really gratifying because we, we do have this, um, uh, this description of what we do as uh, that we're, we're coaching women not to fix the women but to fix the system and, and meaning to influence the system and how it operates in support of um, working mothers and working parents in general. Um, and we have certainly seen over the last five or six years some really gratifying um, changes um, happening in the organizations that we have worked with. And, and some of them are really subtle. Um, so some are pretty obvious. So the obvious ones are things like where, um, um, the, for, as, a, as a good example, um, we've had um, organizations changing some of their, um, their parental leave policies based on what we've discovered works within that organization. So take a law firm as an example. Um, we've had um, clients who've adjusted leave in a way that's going to support women coming back and having to work you know, billable hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really, really powerful to see that um, that change. It's been really helpful for for, for women. Um, another one, another example is um, agile working policies that have adjusted to accommodate um, women, not just not just the women re- returning from maternity leave, but everybody in the organisation. But it's come out of the work that we have done. 
Um, the other less sort of obvious but and more subtle is things like um, we know that bias exists and, and it's either benevolent bias where, um, you know, somebody like a line manager could be really concerned about this uh, person coming back and uh, wanting to really make her feel that she can work at her own pace and comfortably uh, re-engage, but then may unwittingly kind of um, ignore her as a candidate for a, um, for perhaps attending a conference or, or some special event. And women are incredibly vigilant when they come back from maternity leave, in fact, all the way through this transition. And and that could be perceived as being perhaps not taken seriously or they don't see me the same way as they used to or why did they offer that to a junior when actually that's something that I should have been doing. Um, And so we found that there's been one of the big changes is just in the way that line managers um, recognize the role that they have in supporting uh, their, their, their female staff um, returning from maternity leave and how the, the communication and the openness of the communication and the ability to be able to have conversations that traditionally were quite uncomfortable, um, where those are now automatic. Um, and that's a great place to be because there's nothing better than for you know women to feel that they can actually um, have these uh, open conversations where perhaps they might be struggling something or wanting to propose a different way of operating for a period, and they know it's not going to fall on deaf ears. So it, it's almost like the culture of openness around the conversations that have to happen. Oh, and by the way, I've just thought of another really big big thing, which is things like, might sound really simple, but having a room where women can express, because um, a lot of women come back from maternity leave and want to continue breastfeeding for a, for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you have no idea how much anxiety women have coming back after maternity leave, um, knowing that there's nowhere for them to express. We've had people yeah. expressing in their cars, in the car park, wow. or in a, in a loo or in the sick bay Mm -hmm. with sick people, you know. (laughs) So um, where organisations have actually realised that this is is actually really important, that women are able to be accommodated in this way. Yeah. So those are just some of the changes that that we've seen um, that I think are, are really worthy of mentioning. So really being open to having those conversations rather than assuming as a line manager that you know what's needed, really opening the door and say, let's have a conversation about what you need, what the organization needs and, and finding that middle ground. Right. Yeah. And, and those conversations don't just happen. You know, we can't sort of say, well, from next week, everybody's going to have these conversations. So what I'm saying is just the fact that with the coaching over a period of time, We've seen it's it's like the mental furniture around around this whole picture has shifted. That it's actually okay to talk about things that otherwise we wouldn't have spoken about. Mm. So that that's really um, you know where you do need a little bit of time to pass and more and more people engaged in in conversation for it to become okay. Yeah, for it to yeah. become normalized. And that's how we change it. That's how we change the culture by by having yeah. these conversations one at a time. One person at a time. Absolutely. 
Excellent. Melanie, thank you very much. This has been Lita Curry for Talent Talks. Please read the article um, about great expectations on www.talenttalks.net. Mel, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure, Lita. Thank you so much.